0: It is a case that shocked the spring community, one of their own, accused of hatching a plot to have her husband killed. 41-year-old Maria Sosa was sentenced to 20 years in state prison with time served for hiring an undercover agent to kill her husband. As part of a deal, Sosa pleaded guilty to the lesser crime of solicitation of second-degree murder. Sosa planned out the murder-for-hire plot last year. She promised the agent $2,000 and her husband's truck once the job was done. Her husband, Ramon, spoke out in court and said he and his wife were going through a divorce and everything would be split down the middle. But it wasn't good enough. She wanted him dead, all for the greed of money. No, this includes the original blood clad podcast. So the semantic special dedication all the way to New York. boom. yeah, man. That's the little semantic. Yeah, man. No. Boom. So the Semantic.
1: Welcome to the Soothing Semantics Podcast. I am your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, leave a comment. Definitely make sure to leave your comments in this episode because it's going to get interesting. So today, without further ado... I have a very, very special guest by the name of Ramon Sosa. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the episode, Ramon. Thanks for coming.
0: Thank you for having me on your show, man. It's great to be here.
1: Absolutely. So I recently came across a video on Vice, and the video is titled, My Wife Hired a Hitman and I Faked My Death. And when I saw that I had to click on it, it was about an eight-minute video, and I watched as I'm watching the video, I just, my mouth is pretty much wide open the entire time. And long story short, I mean, we'll let you kind of go through the, the whole story, obviously. But Ramon has been a boxer since his, you know, since you were a kid, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And you owned a boxing gym. Correct. Right. You, you, you met a woman, beautiful woman, and you got married. And she ended up trying to hire a hitman to kill you
0: pues nomás ellos ellos bueno con lo que usted ofreció pues de perdido saben que serio en serio que que quiere que no sí definitivo que se vale madre eso no
1: and you got wind of it through a friend and new- you Thank God, ended up getting, uh, you know, you got the news before it was too late and you were able to put her behind bars. So as crazy as that sounds, absolutely insane. You've had probably, you're probably at 10 million now on those E's, are you? Or close to yeah, it?
0: Yeah, it has been crazy how much uh, my, my story has, you know, has been viewed all over, viewed all over the world. Uh, you know, this, you know, this thing back, happened back in 2015 and it's still relevant, very relevant to this day uh i've done all you know been all, on all the major uh, crime shows uh and uh, and i've been interviewed all over the world and people still are like like you say it's a jaw-dropping experience and, you know they're like what she did what and and it's, it's you know it's just but at the end of the day you know there's a message behind my story that i like to share with people and when they hear my shit my message is is just very you know heartwarming to them that you know i'm doing something about what I'm, you know what happened to me, I'm doing something with it, you know, with what happened to me. Okay. Well,
1: I definitely want to hear what you're, what you're doing with it. Share with, with everyone listening the actual story of what happened.
0: Well, I have met uh, Lulu, well, her real name is Maria, uh, back, you know, before marriage from Dorantes. Uh, back in 25, about 2009, I think it was, uh, we met at a local dance club here in uh, Houston. Actually, in the Woodlands, which is a, a community north of Houston, Woodlands, Texas. And uh, we met, uh, you know, it was a wonderful evening of you know, dancing, side to side. And, you know, she was a beautiful lady. We started dating very, you know, right after that, we started dating. Uh, she told me her story, how she came here to this country uh, from a uh, previous marriage in Mexico City. She'd, uh, her ex-husband was very, she claimed that she, she was very abusive to her. And they had two kids together, and he was also, you know, according to her, abusive to the kids. Uh, uh, so she moved here looking for a better life for herself and her kids. Uh, and that's why I came along. And we met, and at the time when she was here, she was here on what you call a, uh, it's called a visitor's visa. But she was here legally, but on a visitor's visa, then with that visa, you know, actually can't work legally. But she, you know, the way she maintained herself and got around from, getting, uh, you know, with that law, it was, you know, working on the ground, you know, she cleaned houses. Uh, she was also in masseuse and she did, uh, you know, getting paid cash basically. So she, she had it rough at the beginning, but she was able to stay here and, and do her thing and, and got along We you know, we, she, my family loved her at the beginning, but she got along with my kids. And uh, so it was a wonderful beginning, you know, but things changed.
1: You saw no signs of that initially, because you did mention in the documentary that there were a lot of red flags that you kind of didn't notice before. So like when you first started dating, were there very apparent signs that you just chose to ignore because of the good parts of the relationship?
0: Not really. You know, the only thing that I noticed at the beginning of our relationship was that, uh, you know, her son at the time, he was probably a young teenager. I would probably say 12 or, you know, the young teenage age. Uh, And he he had issues with uh, education issues with, you know, the way he talked to his mother, and they will go into this back and forth arguments. And I would try to tell her, you know, I said, I pull it to his side, I said, look, you know, he needs to understand that you're the mother, and you know, you can't be talking to him like that. Just put your foot down and, and, and you know, it is what it is. You know, what you say needs to go, and that's it. Uh, so I noticed that there was a lot of back and forth with the, with the young man. And I understood, and I tried to pull him to the side too, you know, knowing that that I was coming into the family, Basically, I, we were not married, but we were dating, and, and I was around, the, around them all the time. Uh, but he, he, he definitely had uh, uh, issues with following, you know, rules and, and doing the right thing. So, uh, but yeah, the, the argument going back and forth was, was, I didn't like that at all, you know. Like, she didn't have control over or, or the, the young man, you know. Mm-hmm. And later on, it became a problem with me, too.
1: Okay. And, and going forward, cause you were, we were, you were telling me before I interjected, how did, when did things start to go awry as they say?
0: Uh, well, we, we, it was great for you know, our, our, our relationship where we were uh, dating. Uh, we decided, you know, I proposed to her uh, to about a year, year and a half later. Uh, after being date after dating and, uh, it was kind of like one of those things, you know, where I felt like I was in this in, in a in a space in my in my life where I just need to settle down. You know, I've been divorced for over ten years, so I thought she was a perfect person. You know, we had a lot in common, and you know, I proposed to her, and she started crying, and you know, we got married. You know, one of the another red flag was like right after I proposed to her, she was like getting ready. You know, she said we got to hurry up and get married. Uh, you know, like, you know, there was no such thing as a celebration. Of she wanted to go like the following week or the next, you know, not, not that soon, but you know, she was like, let's do this as quick as possible. And, you know, in hindsight, basically what she was doing was she wanted to get her papers here to be legal as soon as possible uh, because she was tired of being on that visa. side. You know, every six months she had to go back to Mexico and renew it and all that stuff. So she wanted to be, you know, here legally. So that was another red flag right there. Um, so the first three years were wonderful, man. She treated me well. She would just give me manicure, pedicure, massages, you know, you know, it was always wonderful to me and my family. And you know, it was great the first three years, you know, she became, she got her green card legally and her kids got a green card because of me. So things were good. Things were really good at the beginning. You know, the, like I said, the first, what they call honeymoon years, the first three years mm-hmm. of our marriage.
1: And you really didn't see anything out of the ordinary during those times, just giving nice, sweet, everything.
0: Not, not really. You know, uh, <laughs> you know her, and then I'm not mentioned, but the uh, the mother at our wedding, you know, that was a <laughs> thing. This is this crazy. You told life. me that.
1: Yeah, I saw this. Yeah, tell yeah, tell everybody. Yeah, it
0: was it was at our wedding. You know, we had a small celebration, but nothing nothing big. Uh, right after we got married, we got married at the courthouse, and then we had a little celebration at, at, at our home celebration, you know, afterwards. Uh, but at the actual ceremony, after we got married, we came out, and the mother hugs me. And she just whispers in my ear, now she's your trouble, and then walks away. Bro, <laughs> I mean how it's it, you know, I, I think about it like what the hell did you know, I, and I was, you know, your emotions and everything. I was so happy and I was like, you know, things happen, whatever, and I didn't really think much of it but that would
1: shock me meaning if i yeah. think everything is fine and dandy and she loves me and everything's great and she's doing all these things for me and then her own mother walks over to you right. it's kind of like it's out of a horror movie
0: exactly you no know,
1: like that's how all these horror movies are everything is so spectacular even though they always seem to move into this old house from the 1800s in the middle of nowhere <laughs> but yeah. as if there are no ghosts or anything nothing's haunted but right It's like everything's fine up until her own mother whispers this phrase, this this one sentence into your ear. What was your thought after she said that? Did you kind of just throw it away or you? Yeah, I kind of just, you know, I didn't
0: think much of it, you know, because prior to that, I had met with her mother. You know, we had, uh, you know, spent time together, done things together with the family and all this stuff. So it was it was like, you know, I didn't really think much of
1: it. You know, maybe I, you thought she was joking, it was, like she was singing. Yeah, kinda, way.
0: yeah, and it, it kind of came up across that way that maybe it was a joke or something. I, so I just kind of uh, didn't think much of it. And of course, you know, at that time we were all celebrating and and we had a big, you know, uh, well actually not a big but we had a you know, friend little gathering at the at the house with music and food and everything. So the subject never came up. The so that 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 the subject never came up and Uh, so I never thought nothing of it, you know, but I guess the mother was trying to tell me right there, right off the bat, better watch out with this. You better watch out Yeah. Her
1: her mom was probably like, well, my daughter scored and my daughter got a really nice, genuine guy. And I really hope he knows what she's all about, you know, because yeah, yeah, her mom, it seemed like her mom like had good intentions. She was looking out for you. She was like, listen, if you love my daughter and you want to do this, go ahead. But just, uh, you might want to, you might want to, you know, heed my advice or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. So in, in, in hindsight, yeah, it was it was something that I should have just from the beginning known that, hey, man, what's your mom talking about? But like I said, I never brought it up. Uh, and then we, you know, uh, after, like I said, uh, we after about three years uh, we're marriage, you know, there's there started, you know, little cracks here and there, you know, started to pop up. And but it all started, like I said, previously with her son. Uh, this, the, the young man was a little older now. He was having a lot of issues at school. Bad grades, you know, uh, getting in trouble in school, you know, and and I was the one that was always, you know, taking up for him, going to the school and talk to to the principal and all that stuff, and and he, he the mother appreciated, you know, my wife Lulu at the time, she appreciated that and, and 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 knew that I was trying to help a young man out, and I didn't have any issues, you know, I was just trying to be a father figure to him because. According to his mother, that's what he, she said, you know, he's never had a real father figure, never had somebody, a man really sit down other than, he know, his uncle. He looked up at his uncle and he had an uncle that he lived here at the time. And he kind of, you know, listened to him a lot. But since I was in the family now and I was, they were all, we were all living under the same roof. Uh, he didn't like that, that I was, you know, meant, you know, putting down my foot and this is how we're going to run the house now. And he kind of had issues with that, even though I never, ever, ever put a hand on that young man. I mean, I talked to him firm, but there was a reason why. You know, I said, you know, you, I even told him, I said, look, you know how many kids that are here that come from Mexico would love to be in the same position you're in right now? Or have the opportunity to be in the position you're in right now? I mean, you're here legally in this country. You, you go to the best schools. You have a nice roof over your head. You know, you, I treat you guys, you know, well, very, very well. And you're still not doing the right thing. You know, just, just do the right thing. You know, go to school, do your homework, take care of the house, you know, those chores that I would make him do. He always, had, he always had issues with everything, you know. But I, in the back of my mind, I kind of understood where he was coming from, so why he did it kind of well, like that. But then again, when it was the same problem over and over and over, and then the mother, in another, you know, they started taking up for him. That's when it got really bad. You know, you know when we had issues where I tried to discipline the young man, and then the mother got in the middle, was like, you know, don't talk to him like that. You know, to say, wait a second, you know.
1: So she was enabling that behavior.
0: Yeah, it's kind of. So, yeah, the same thing. Yes, she was enabling. And, 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 and you know, he, he, I was, you know, trying to be a, mom, a father to a young man. And he wasn't really behaving, right? So we decided to go to counseling. And that's what she hated, too, that we went to family counseling with him. The counselor would tell her, like, look, for what I see, Ramona is doing the right thing. You're the one that needs to stop being a friend to your son and be a mother to your son. It's a big difference. And that's what she was having issues with. I, mean, I would tell the same thing. The problem is that you're trying to be a friend to your kid instead of being a mother. And so that's very, very different. And she would get so upset with that that the uh, actual counselor would agree with, what, with me, the way I was trying to raise him. And not with her, she was raising him. So uh, that was that was tough for her. So she
1: didn't even listen to the counselor. She kind of thought she knew better than everybody?
0: Yeah, she, she, she was just, you know, the kid, the, the young man was, you know, just, he was very good at manipulating her and knowing how to, what to say and how to feel bad and how to turn things around to make him seem like he was the victim. All, you know, people like that. There's people in this world that are very good at that. And this kid, he had already down on how to, make people believe that he was the victim all the time he would always use that where he came from and his background and you know it was always the same thing and i would yeah. just getting that is very old we need to understand that you know we you know this is don't, don't try to play me, man I, I know what you're coming from you know i i have been your age you have not been my age yet so i know what you're coming right. from right so that was that was the problem there you know?
1: okay and and how did things continue to go from there where where did things really start to spiral out of control
0: yeah, at this time we we you know we we started a business together. Uh, she knew my boxing background. She she supported it at the time. Uh, she knew that I was always you know traveling a lot with uh, amateur boxers you know around the nation. Sometimes when I go to tournaments, and then I, that I also was had you know local league. I had you know sometimes spent a lot of time in the in, the, in, the, in, in on the weekends at the local events and stuff like that. So she supported. Me. She even went to the to the boxing gym with me to and and. Uh, but I always wanted to, you know, because I had a nonprofit non boxing gym, but I wanted to get another gym for just for uh, business, uh, big business. So, uh, and, and that's when she came in and she said, hey, man, let's go for it. So she had saved a little money and then she had some money. Then you know, we, Because at the time, I didn't have the money that I needed to invest in the gym. So she kind of came in and said, let's do it together. And, you know, invest some money and you put together whatever you have, we'll we make it happen. And that's what happened. We invested it and we, I came up with uh, Woodlands Boxing and Fitness, uh, and man, I tell you what—in less than less than a year, that thing was boom. We were doing very, very well. Uh, the gym was popping, and you know, we're doing great. Uh, you know, we were getting the nice things and big homes and toys and all that stuff. Uh, traveling, so life was at the time was was good, you know, with, with the way things were going at the time, uh, but. You know, you know how money changes people? I believe that was another thing, too. So.
1: Well, well, real quick to interject, I've been really, so I, I work as a realtor and and I've been taught that money doesn't change you, it magnifies you. It it doesn't, you know, you are who you already are. It just allows you to be a more uh, exacerbated version or a larger version. So if you're ready an asshole and you have a lot of money, you're just going to be a bigger one. If you're a good person and you get a lot of money, you're just going to. It'll give you the opportunity to be a better person. So, you know, I think we're. That's that's really what I've I've come to find to be true. Actually, it's just that maybe some people are good at at hiding things, but you know.
0: I, I believe so. I think, and she definitely was. She, I mean, she's the ultimate psychopath manipulator. That she knew how to hide things and and you had to turn things like things that, that. And I believe, as in hindsight, again, that her that's what her son got that from. He learned that from her, because mm-hmm. she was so good at manipulating and turning things around. And and when she knew she was a fault, she always had an excuse. Uh, but yeah, when the, once we, you know, then we moved into this neighborhood it was like, in, you know, upper middle class, and she started hanging around these people that were very wealthy, you know, they would well for themselves, you know, and she saw how they lived and how they dressed and where they went and, stuff. and she wanted to live that. Life. I believe she wanted to live that life too. I mean she would go to the mall and come back with bags bags and say well, how much stuff do you need you know we'd buy motorcycles and you know buy all kind of just And she kind money. of just spent
1: it she didn't care she didn't care what you said she just spent whatever she wanted
0: Yeah she she you know she I mean the bills were getting paid I am mind you that yeah you know the bills were getting paid and stuff like that but there was so much money that was just you know she was she just for whatever reason that I hey, mean you know we got it so let's let's spend it you know uh and I was, I had a little issue with that, you know, someday then man, that was another problem too. When we started going through the problem with the, with the gym, when I saw how many members we had and how much, you know, I can c- kind of calculate how much money should be coming in. And then when I saw the books and I said, wait a second, this is not adding up. And she would always turn it around. Hey, don't worry about it. You know, the bills are getting paid. You're getting paid. Uh, don't worry about it, it's, it's getting, you know, you, just, you know, she said, just worry about training the people, she, do, she was more like the clerical, and she also self-trained, but she, she would take care of the books, and I think that was another mistake that I made, uh, but, you know, when you're married, you have, you have to have that that, that trust in your, in, in your wife, or your husband, that they're doing the right thing, so I had a lot of trust in her, I gave her a lot of trust in taking care of the books for the gym, and taking care of the money, and in reality, it was like, you know, she started playing games with the money, And I I wasn't falling for that either. I mean, that was another problem that we started having.
1: That's also a question, like, it's a very direct question, but I can't, I have to ask. You don't feel like in a sense, maybe you enabled that to happen, like meaning you let her off easy where she saw that she was able to, to get one on you, like you gave her an inch, she took a mile. And, you know, obviously it's not on you that she acted that way. But, you know, at the same time, do you feel like you let her get away with certain things?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think I did. There's no doubt. And the thing was that we had an agreement that, because I was, of course, my background is boxing. uh, And I knew everything about training people and stuff like that. And her background, she was an executive secretary at the Ford uh, uh, factory in Mexico City. So she knew about the clerical and about, you know, kind of, I guess a little bit about running a business, more or less. And so we had our, you know, what we can do our best is, that's what we chose. And I feel like I, you know, you know how to run it. I know how to run the the, the the business as far as the boxing and the training part of it. So I can be, I can take care of that. I, so basically I was outside training the people and went on the gym and she was a lot in the office, but that's the agreement that we had. And, and yes, uh, in, in, in hindsight, again, uh, I should have been more careful about being more involved with the books and where the money was going and things like that. But, it, uh, but Again, when you have trust in somebody that you're married to, you know, it wasn't like a, she was an employee. She was not an employee. You know, we did have some employees, but they, but the thing was, you know, you're the one that's supposed to be responsible and, you know, doing this. And, and when I asked you questions about the money and you always had an excuse or don't worry about it, it's all, everything's doing well and money's coming in. Don't worry about it. Just, just, she would say, just keep training people and people who are going to keep coming. Yeah. Wow.
1: It's tough. Okay. Yeah, that's not easy because like you love the person. So you don't really want to get into arguments with them. But at the same time, you know, in your gut, they're just doing something you don't like. You know, yes. they're, they're taking advantage. But out of love, you don't you're just hoping it, either the problem goes away or it, you kind of tell yourself that's not really a big deal. They're right. OK, so so now. The, OK, so continuing forward, when did this whole attempted murder go down?
0: Well, it got to the point where we just, you know, with the arguments and, and the issues with the kids and, and uh, you know, she, by then, after the third year, she became an American citizen. Uh, she was, she, you know, we had, a, I mean, I never forget one time she told me straight up, we had a little back and forth argument and she said, look, don't worry about it. Look, I'm here legally in this country. I have all the rights that you have now. So, I mean, her attitude was completely different now. She knew that. Look, I, nothing you can say to me, nothing you can do is going to change the fact that I'm an American citizen. I have all the rights. And I said, I mean, that kind of struck me as, you know, what? You, what's the deal with you? And I and I would ask her. I say, man, when we were going through issues, and I mean, I would straight up ask her, did you just get married to me? You know, I, I mean, straightforward. Did you just get married to me to uh, because you wanted to be an American citizen? And now that you have all these, you know, beautiful things, you know, is, is is this is what you wanted? That's all you wanted from me. And she would, and this is how she used her manipulation, how to turn things around. She would say, look at me, look at me, look how beautiful I am. Look how, you know, I can get any man I I want, basically. I can get any man I want. And before you, there was a lot of men that I met before you that had a lot more money than you, that, you know, that everybody lived in the woods. that, That they had a lot, a lot more money than you. And I could have been with them. But no, I chose you. And I love you. And I want to be with you. And that's, this is the life that I wanted. So you see how, you see what I'm talking about? That kind of it's thing. hard,
1: you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a backhanded compliment because it's yeah. like, she's complimenting you for being who you are, but she's also kind of saying, well, you're not as rich as I'd like you to be. And maybe you're not as good looking as I'd like you to be, but I, you're still my man. So it's like, yeah, yeah you're all right. You're good enough for me. Thank you very much. So that's like, yeah, that's extremely manipulative. And yeah, uh, but it's hard because in the moment, you know, a lot of people like love is blinding. It's very tough, you know. Uh, so, so go on. I'm, I'm literally. No, no, and,
0: and it is, it is, and that was the issue, you know, that 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 she, that she wanted that 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 always wanted to have the upper hand on everything, you know, and, and anything we did, then she always wanted the upper hand on everything, and uh, that kind of, you know, I didn't like that, you know, so. uh, Long well, story short, sure we decided. You know what? She filed for divorce. Uh, we try to go through, uh, go, go to ca- uh, counseling, marriage counseling. Uh, obviously, it didn't work because she knew that it wasn't going to work anyway. She she knew that, that you know this is this is just something just to go through the process. But I know I already know what I want. And then another thing that she was doing, she was starting to um, talk bad about me to the members at the gym. You know, trying to ruin my name which was, I thought was, man, this is, that's the worst thing you can do. Uh, you know, ruin my image, around my boxing circle, telling, you know, stuff to people that I was an abusive father. I mean, I'm an abusive man. I was uh, drunk, that I was nothing like they thought of, you know, the way I was at the gym. And, and I took it as, man, you know, if you have our issues, we, we take care of our issues at home. Don't bring that to the business. And even though none of that's happened, none of that stuff that she, she, she claimed was nothing, none of that was true. And then she started filing uh, false police reports on me. Her kids filed false police reports on me. Wow. Not one of them, not one, of, I every time they were investigated, not one of them was true. You know, and that this time, but at this time, you know, we really were going through a real difficult divorce now. Uh we basically that you know, I had my house was a big two-story home. And she was living upstairs with her kids and her mother at the time. And I was living downstairs, man. It was like oil and water, basically. It was like we could not. And I was like, hey, man, you're going to have to, you know, decide what you're going to do. This, you know, this this is not going to work. But uh, she was able, you know, she was able to kick me out of my own home. You know, she was able to kick me out of the house uh, and get her way. She got her way. And I said, I I, I left the house. You know, I said, you know, I was, you know, basically I took the L. And it was very, very, very difficult the way she did it and how she was able to just laugh in my face and say, yeah, I told you so. This is what I got the house. I got everything, and that's what she wanted in the divorce. She wanted the house. She wanted the cars. She wanted the business. She wanted everything. I said, "Okay, whatever. Go ahead, do what you got to do." Uh, but now, this is what happened: that this young man that I trained—it uh, wasn't
1: named- enough for her. Though she took everything that wasn't—that's no, what she wanted. Well, she
0: thought because you know that's what she wanted in the divorce. That's what she wanted. So she asked you. She initiated the divorce. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and, and she wanted, you know, and, and I remember telling her, look, I don't know how you guys to get divorced in Mexico, but here in the United States, you know, we get half. It's still being over. Everything is half. You know, I worked I work very, very hard for everything I have. And how do you expect me to just to walk out of this home with nothing, you know, just take my little bag of clothes and get out of here and buy next things? That's it. No, 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 no. We're going to, you know, do this the right way. And so the divorce became very, very difficult. It was very you know, difficult divorce as far as, you know, as trying to uh, split uh, our, you know, our goods and all that stuff and the gym and the business. And so she was, she was having a hard time. But the thing with that happened was that once I was able, you know, like once I left my house, once she kicked me out of the house, was able to get me out of the house. And I say, I stopped going to the gym. You know, because, you know, she put a restraining order on me because that's, that's what she that's what she was able to get me out of the house. She, she claimed that I was uh, the kids were scared of me and then she was scared of me. She that, that I was going to be violent against her because we we're going through a divorce and all that stuff. So she claimed it, you know, through an attorney to her attorney, they were able to get me out of the house. And since she was now taking care of the business, the clientele at the gym was just went way down, way, way down. And things got really, really rough because, you know, the money was not coming in and the bills were not getting paid. And he was rough. And then she said, you know, I told him, you know, once I leave that gym, it's going to be different because, you know, the clientele. is that, sure enough, it's going to worry about it. I, I'll take care of it. The same thing you, you can do, I can do, too. And she tried to hire somebody to be a trainer. And it was one of the guys that you know used to be in, my, in the gym with me. Uh, one of the guys, you know, he, he knew a little bit about. It. He didn't know much, in, uh, but it didn't work out. So she was very, very, uh, uh, you know, she, the money was 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 running very low. So now this is a, where the story gets good because this guy named this young man named Mundo. Let me tell you a little bit about Mundo. I had met Mundo back in the year two thousand. I was just recently divorced from my first marriage of the wife of my kids. And he walked into a gym that I was at, you know, training with, with my nonprofit training some kids. And he walked in and he just, you know, befriended me. And he wanted to be a boxer and he just, uh, just to train like a boxer because he didn't, you know, he didn't have the opportunity when he was young. Uh, he just wanted to lose weight and all that, you know. So uh, uh, we became very close and he, you know, and he became kind of like my right hand man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his background was tough. You know, he came from a very rough side of Houston. Uh, he was an ex gang member, uh, had been shot up, had been you know stabbed and all this stuff. Had just recently re- uh, uh, been released from prison, and he wanted to change his life around. He got him a job. He was you know so whatever. So uh, he became a real good friend of mine. You know, as far as and I became kind of like his mentor, and he came around, came around my kids, and even helped me around the gym with the kids. You know, became a mentor to some of those kids, not to follow his footsteps. So uh, long, and then after that, I moved to another side of town and I can, we kind of lost contact for a few years but then he he came back to the gym where i was at the women's boxing gym and he was like we we just picked up where we left off you know and he became very cold close again came around the house and introduced him to then lulu uh was still we we're still doing okay but you know and lulu didn't want him around she said that you know the, him,
1: but i lost you here you didn't end up going through the divorce you still were together no, I'm trying. I'm
0: trying to go back, tell you a little bit about Mundo. Yeah, we went through. We're going through the horse. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: But I'm just trying to tell you about Mundo. How he came around. How how he was part of how, uh, how he was kind of injected into what happened. Gotcha. So so he came in and he became kind of like a, my right hand man again at the gym. I would let him close and open the gym, and Lulu was okay with it, even though she said this guy was the next gang member. She was kind of scared that he was going to, you know, uh, steal money from us or you know all that kind of stuff. But you know, I mean, after that, she kind of—it's uh, uh,
1: ironic. She was she know. was scared that he would do that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So exactly. So she was okay after a while. After you know, whatever, a few years, she was, she was okay because he was, she, He still was us a lot. So uh, so when we were going now, we're going back to the divorce. When we were going through the divorce, Mundo already knew that me and Lulu were going through a very difficult divorce. Uh, this particular evening, I was I was I was not at the gym, and Mundo was there at the gym. With uh just working out and there was a few people there. And he just happened to walk into a conversation that Lulu, out of all people, was having with her daughter. And uh she her daughter was telling Lulu, like, look, there's a there's a guy, there's a kid in the gym or a guy in the gym that has a family member in Mexico that kills people or chops out people for money. And Lulu goes, Oh wow, maybe we can use them, you know? With her daughter. Lulu, yeah, to her daughter. This is a daughter. Mother-daughter conversation.
1: And they're having this in your gym?
0: In the, in my office in the gym. Wouldn't she to think if she's
1: going to do something like that, she might want to be a little bit more hey, discreet?
0: I, I, but, you know, it was towards the end of the evening. There wasn't that many people there. But still, that's just crazy, right? So Mundo just happened to be walking by when he overheard the conversation. And he already knew about the, the, the difficult divorce. So he kind of said, hey, man, you guys need to be careful what you say because you never know who's listening, man. And they were like, oh, they, you know, they kind of just brushed it off. And later that evening, Mundo walked up to Lulu by herself when it was about to close. And he said, hey, uh, the thing, that, you know, the little conversation you guys were having in the, the office, was that about Ramon? And Lulu said, yeah, man, I can't stand him anymore, man. I wish he would just take him away. I wish he would just leave. I can't stand him. I was, you know, they would just, and he, Mundo goes, wait, hey, you know, mean go take him away like this, like he did the pistol side? And he said, yeah, we said we would just take him away. And this is why Mundo, I mean, the reason that I'm why, sitting why here talking. Would
1: she tell, why would she tell him that if she knows that you guys have a good relationship?
0: You know, I think that this is where it's it kind of weird because she already knew that me and Mundo were kind of tight. Where we weren't, we're tight. But she was kind of, you know, she knew Mundo had for a couple of years now. She, you know, she got, she was, she, she trusted him too. But she was so desperate. Let me tell you, she was so desperate for money. And the divorce not, was not going her way. You know, me kicking him out of the house. And, me, or, you know, me, well, at the time, I wasn't kicked out of the house yet. But anything that, that you can do to help me, I would take it. And this is when Mundo said, are you talking about taking him away like this? Like, kill him? And she goes, yeah, take him away. And this is when Mundo made the decision that the reason that I'm alive right now. He told us straight up, hey, man.
1: Taves your life, man.
0: Hey, he said, I take care of it. I got these people that can do the job for you. And she just, her, he said that her eyes lit up and she was like, Yeah, dude, this, let's do it. You know, if you can, let's, the Mundo goes, Okay, I'll tell you what, let's, uh, let's talk to him. Let's talk about this somewhere else later. You know, tomorrow we can talk and see what happens. See if you're, you know, we'll, we'll, let me talk. We can talk. And that's when the next day Mundo called calls me. And I remember I was driving. Mundo calls me and tells me, Hey, man. And, you know, Mundo was, we, we used to joke around, you know, back and forth and stuff like that. I thought he was joking when he said, Hey, uh, this Lulu, you know, this, this lady wants to kill you. you well, know, my Lulu, lady wants to kill you, pops, you know, he called me pops. And I said, Mundo, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, man, she wants to kill you. He said, hey, I said, Mundo, quit, quit joking around. Man, this is not a joke. You know, we playing around like that the kind of things you don't say. He's like, man, I talked to her last night and she, she told me she, this is what she wants to do. And I tell you, bro, when I, I pulled over on the side of the road. I was so pissed. I was, you know, I had so much anger. I, you know, there's so many emotions going through me. And knowing then after that, that I had to go home and see this lady. Oh, my God. Yeah,
1: you, you met, I, By the way, I heard all of this in the, in the yeah. documentary, but I'm obviously knowing many people might not have. And I, when, it, when you said this in the documentary, I was just, I couldn't mentally yeah. grasp that. Like, you heard that your wife wants to kill you. And now you have to go home and act like you had no idea. That's exactly.
0: even though we were living together, but separately. And I oh had to go God, home and, see, and act as yeah, no man. more as possible. And, and man, I was so freaking upset, man. I was like, you know, should I go to the police? Should I, you know, and that's when Muno said, you know, tell you what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk to her and see how far she's willing to go with this. And so let me see, you know, see if she was just, you know, for, for real wanted to go through with this. You know, basically sleeping one eye open. I would lock the the door in my my room.
1: Why did you go home though? That's the that's really the question. If you have any any any, there's any chance she's serious, right? And in this case, she was dead serious, pun intended. Mm -hmm. But if she was partially serious, um, if she was partially serious, even like you didn't think like maybe you shouldn't have stayed there because she could have tried to do it in her own house. She yeah, was, I
0: she mean, t- I t- thought about it, but see, what I did was I, I spent the night at home and whatever. And the next day, I actually called the, I called the police and I talked, you know, I talked to the sheriff department about it. And they told me straight up and said, look, uh, you know, people went because he they told them we're going through a difficult divorce. And he said, well, people, when they're going through this kind of, you know, divorces and stuff, sometimes say crazy things. You know, sometimes they don't mean it, but uh, there's not enough evidence. You know, it's basically, you know, word of mouth. So there's not really much we can do. And I told him what my friend was planning on doing. So he said, well, I'll tell you what, you know, that's nothing illegal that he's doing. But if he wants, if you get enough evidence, then you know, and, and, and whatever she says you have, you know, we will we'll definitely interject and come in and take care of it. Uh, but that was why I feel like, wait a second, I'm telling you that this lady wants to kill me, but there's not enough evidence. So what does she have to do? Kill me? Whatever. You know?
1: Yeah. Like what's going to, what is it going to take? You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough.
0: You know, just the word of mouth. They were like, yeah, basically that's, that's, you know, she can just say that she was upset. Well, yeah, from
1: a legal standpoint. I mean, from a legal standpoint, they need some kind of proof of that. Meaning like there's something in writing, something recorded. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There was nothing like that. And that's when Mundo and her started having conversations And Mundo would record everything she was saying.
1: How did he record it? He had a wire. He had his phone. Yeah, he had
0: a, first he had his little cell phone. He would do everything on the cell phone. And then it was crazy. Then I would meet with him after they talked. I would meet with him the the same night or the next day. And when I tell you that I listened to the conversations that they were having and how she really, how she felt, man, I'm telling you, man, it still, still freaking bothers me how this lady, how bad she wanted me to be taken out, you know, how, how I was living and thinking, how can somebody live like this knowing that this is what, you know, I, my, in my heart, I want to kill this man. Like I want him dead.
1: It's heartbreaking, man. Cause you, you yeah. had such good intentions to marry her and love her and care, care, for her. And this whole time, it just seemed like all she wanted was citizenship and, and money and just to get rid and, and ultimately to get rid of you. It's like, it, yeah, it's the heart wrenching thing to, I can't even imagine.
0: Exactly.
1: So, so yeah, continue on.
0: Yeah, so and, and so they kept having all these conversations. And uh so they were going on this back and forth, you know, conversation. They were Windows recording and everything. So we're trying to get enough basically we me and Mundo were doing our own uh, undercover investigation. And Wundo said, this is what we're gonna do now. You know, I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna get ready to ask her for the money. And once you give us the money, man, for for to buy a gun, uh we're we you know, we're gonna take it to the police, man. That's it. And that's what she did. You know, she was. <laughs> this is crazy, man. Mundo's idea was like, his idea was like, look, this is what we're going to get a burner phone, and I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to sit there, I'm going to text back and forth with you in front of her so she can, so she thinks that we're, that we're talking, that I'm talking to the hitman. But the whole time they were texting back and forth, they were texting me. I was playing my own hitman. Wow. So. And he taught me how to, you know, text slang and, you know, whatever, all the things that they wanted him me, me to say. And then, you know, he told her, look, uh, you know, I need $200 to buy the little toy. You know, the little toy was the gun that they were going to, that's admin. I actually was telling him, I need the money to buy the toy. And then once, you know, she, she said that, you know, giving him the money, she gave him, she gave him the money. Uh, that's a, it's a wrap, and We're going to the police now. And we went to the police and that's when they took over. And, at the beginning, they were kind of like, "What is it? What's going on here?" And they were kind of like, "You like this lady knows mundo, and you know mundo, and then what's going on here? Why? How can she have so much trust in him?" Um, trying. She to she classify. made it
1: very messy. She obviously she she did not do this properly. Not not to say that I know how oh, to no, do no, that right. properly, but she clearly did that very stupidly.
0: She was so desperate and wanted me dead that she was willing to go. You know do whatever it took to get me out of the way because, uh, it was, it was, it was going to be her way and she wanted everything. And then she, another thing that she looked up, she looked up how much money I had in my, you know, what I was, you know, my, my insurance, my life insurance and all that stuff and my savings. I mean, she knew how much money I was was worth dead. Wow. And she already had it all planned out. Do you mind sharing?
1: Do you mind sharing about how much that was?
0: It was it was, it was, it was, it was a, a couple of millions, you know, it's not a lot to be, but, you know,
1: millions. It's not, it's millions. not, it's not, not a lot. It's, it's, not, it's for a lot for people. It's a life changing amount of money.
0: And then the, the money that was coming in from the gym, you know, the gym, I sold the gym for a very, very, you know, after I had it, the gym was, was doing very well and all that money, that's plus, plus that money, you know, so she was going to do, she was going to do well. She she knew exactly. And then she had a problem with it. She was telling Mundo, look, you guys need to hurry up and get this done. Because there was a date that divorce was going to get finalized. And she told Mundo, if he doesn't die by this date, you know, his kids are going to get half of everything. But if he dies and we're still married, you know, I get everything. So she wanted it done quick. And that's when the police came in, and, you know, once they got in and they brought all the different agencies and, and brought in their own hitman, uh, they knew that they had to do this fast because, you know, she knew, they knew that, hey, man, you know, we, she was, she was very desperate. And, they I mean, it's crazy how they brought this, this hitman, to, but he was an undercover hitman. and started meeting with her, the undercover, and they recorded everything. All, 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 the conversations, and and she was willing to go for it, and you know, and when he told her the price, it was I think it was like fourteen thousand, it was fourteen thousand dollars or something like that. Fourteen? You said fourteen thousand? Fourteen thousand for my dad. That's all they charge to take that's someone's it. life. That's because Mundo said they, you know, the guys, you know, but that's I guess that's what I much I much I was for, for me because the way that Mundo. You know, explain it to her. Like you know, usually they they, they these hitmans, they usually charge a—they charge a lot more because it's me. They are just going to charge you know each one is going to charge you seven thousand or six thousand a piece of it. But that's it because he knew them. Told her. You said you each said one. Were, there
1: was going to be two of them.
0: Yeah, there was two guys. You know, he, he told her it was going to be Paco and, and John Boy. So one of the one of the, when the when the police brought their own hitman, they gave him one of the names. They gave him the, the name John Boy. And that's what she thought she was talking about. So, you know, we're well, talking the whole time was John Boy. And uh, yeah, you know, he told her, look, you know, she said, well, in one of the meetings that they had, he, uh, she, he gave her the amount and she said, well, I don't have all that money right now. But what I can, what I can do is, you know, is give you $2,000 up front. Well, mm. mm. Thank you Yes. And then when he dies, well, you know, and some other stuff and the other stuff was, you know, what he brought her or she brought him my wedding bags, my jewelry, some watches, you know, my own stuff.
1: And you mentioned in the, in the documentary that she you yeah. used your own stuff to kill you. Yeah,
0: my own jewelry to pay as a down payment to have me killed plus in cash. And then she told, she had the nerve to tell this guy, and look, where, you know, he drives, you know, how about this pickup, when he dies, you know, you take the pickup, and when also, uh, uh, he, he always likes to wear this really nice watch, you know, when, he, when you keep the watch too, that's, you know, as, and, but when he, after he dies, I can give you the rest of the money when I get paid from his uh, life insurance and everything else. And he said, okay, that was the plan. I mean, she was happy, they were super happy, you know, she was like, this is it, right here, i done deal, that was the, that was and they had it all—a video recorded. Uh, so, this is where the the, the picture comes in—that famous picture that's been around the world, man, with the mean with the bullet hit, uh, the hit on the head. Uh, this is where the police, you know, brought me in, and by myself they were usually talking to me and Mulder at the same time. But this time they brought me in and told me, "Hey, uh, we have you know we have enough evidence to." Um, arrest Lulu. But we just want uh, to do one more thing because we don't want to go to a jury trial in case we go to a jury trial and have one of the jurors feel sorry for her because she's, you know, a beautiful lady, has mother or two, has never been in trouble, and she's known in the community. We don't want to take a chance on one feeling feeling sorry for her. So what we're going to do is take a picture of you dead and show it to her in a reaction, show it to the jury. and his, you know, we need to be, this needs to be a slam dunk case. And I said, Re- repeat that again? You're going to do what? And then sure enough, they, they, that's where the picture comes in, Kim comes in. You know, they put that makeup on me, took me to a, a place. As a matter of fact, it wasn't that far from my gym. In the middle of this dump yard and they were in the woods, you know. And I had no idea that, the, that place even existed back there. And they already dug up a shallow grave and, man, it was, it was like a movie scene. It, that thing looked like a movie scene.
1: What did you think when you were surrounded when you when there were there were cops around you and you see that that shallow dug grave? What were you thinking during that whole period? What was your actual thought like you're about to fake your death? What were you thinking?
0: You know, I actually I I jumped I jumped in the you know, I was fully dressed when I was report and I and I, got in the, I got in there and I just looked around. And I was thinking to myself, this is what it has come down to, you know, for me. So this lady you know, can get arrested, or, or for this, for my marriage to end like this, I have to fake my death, you know? And that's what the terminology comes out or that, 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 that I use in my book, that I, I walked to my own grave. Because mm-hmm. I literally was in walking in my grave, and, 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 and that's when they can say, okay, Mr. Shosa, you know, you're gonna get down to your briefs, and we're gonna put a little more makeup on you, and they show me how to pose, and that was it. I mean, I closed my eyes, and all from hear was the clicking of the thirty-five millimeter going around me. And he showed me the picture, and they said, "Wow, man, this is this is crazy, man." And that's what they did. And the way they they arrested her, the the, the day before, they went to my gym, and they had been, they, you know, they had been following her the whole day. They knew exactly her whole schedule. Mm-hmm. And so they went to my gym and they did like a missing person report uh, and she acted like she, you know I don't know if you saw good but she acted like real she was worried about me and and she you know she had called my sister and what's crazy is that she was already you, you know she knew what she had done the, the night before when she was you know with this guy in the undercover cop had when they she they showed him a picture but when they went in you know and arrested her she was all worried about Okay, Ms.
1: Sosa, stand up, place. You're
0: under arrest. Okay, you're under
1: arrest. Why? Okay. Why ma'am, it's under okay.
0: Arrest? Stay back. We have a warrant. And she had been calling my sisters and some of my friends and stuff, asking about me. So she was, using, she was already setting up her case, like using alibis. Like, oh, yeah, I was worried about him, too. You know, I tried to call his sister, I called his friend. Nobody knew where he was at. And, but the cops already knew that she was just playing the game. She was just playing a game and, uh, you know, here she was all worried about me, but the night before when they showed her the picture of me dead, you know, she's happy, raising her hands up in the air like she hit the lotto, uh, asking the police officer, or well, you know, she thought it was a hitman. He's not waking up, right? He's, he's, he's not, he's dead. He's, dead. he's dead. he's gone. You know, at least they gave me a little dignity. They told, they told her that I fought. That I beat up one of the guys and everything, but he said, "Buddy, we finally put him down." You know, I wow. was, yeah. I said, so "That's her right there." And, and, but then the way I, when they arrested her, and then they arrested her in front of her mother, and in front of her daughter, they took her out of handcuffs out of my gym. You know, so, and then that's when she starts yelling to her mother, you know, "Call my attorney! Call my attorney!" Like mother, you know. I don't know if the mother and the daughter they knew anything about what was going on. I think I don't think so. But uh,
1: well, the daughter did.
0: Yeah, the daughter. She kind of wait. She's you know she was involved, but she was still a minor. So you know, I even asked the police. You know, what's going to happen? I told her what had happened uh, with the conversation that were knew, But they said oh, she's she's a minor. She don't think she they they investigated her at all. You know. Wow. It's 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 wild, man. How you know this person. That's supposed to we were so, so in love and uh, we we're supposed to spend our life, the rest of our life together. And here she was, you know, now trying to kill me. Uh, and when I, you know, i never forget when I used to ask her about, you know, are you really in love with me or are you in love because you wanted materialistic things and, and you wanted the, uh, the life of, of being, I guess, living like, uh, like this with, with all these nice things around you all the time. You know, in then new dream car, but she always turned it around on me. She was going around with the, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me. You look at me. She always that thing. Look at my body. Look at I look. I can get anyways. Yeah. You know, so
1: it's horrible. Okay, so so now that, and also she so she went. She ended up taking a plea deal and went to prison for twenty years instead of life, right?
0: Oh yeah, she she was uh, during the whole time she was arrested or in the county jail here. Uh, she, was a, she was in the county jail for about 15 months. And I was able to, well, you know, to go to the hearings. In uh, one particular hearing when she was sentenced, but she was after, she was gonna she, she was I, the DA kept telling me, look, man, she she goes to trial, man. In Texas, she's she's probably gonna get a life in prison for what she did. Uh, it's just a very difficult statement. You do that kind of things, man. I lived in a county where they said, you know, she's probably gonna get life. She goes to trial, so she ended up after 15 months. The attorneys her attorneys out. They just agreed that uh, you know to plead bargain, or they got 20 uh, to a second degree solicitation of capital murder instead of a first degree, and, and to 20 years. So she got locked up for this is a what fifth or sixth year now, and is in the state penitentiary. How old was she when she went to prison? Uh, I believe she was around
1: 42. So she's not getting out until she's still she's in her sixties.
0: Yeah, probably she does it twenty more. You know, more like she probably she probably get out maybe, and I don't know because a good you know here it's a good time and and man it's a trip. Look, check out. When I was when I was, you know, she was here, been locked up and already been back to the house and everything. I get this message on my Facebook from this cellmate that she was locked up with in the county. And, I, you know, I said, what the heck she looking me up for? And she looked me up, she said, she told me her whole story How why she was locked up, whatever. And then she said that she was locked up in the same cell with my, you know, with Lulu. And she said well, that they, she would always ask, and the people would ask her, like, why are we locked up for it?' And, I mean, she would never tell anybody. But she noticed how she became a really, real fat, you know, real fast. Um, she became a trustee. And they were like, how the hell she just got here? And all of a sudden, she's a trustee. And, but because she was a good manipulator, she already was manipulating and I that's how she was. She was even in jail. She was already manipulating the guards and whoever else she could, she could in there. But she would never tell what she did out here, what she was locked up for. And then when that lady read the story, said, oh, now I understand what, how she was, you know, with us and everybody else in there. Because she was, man, I can't believe she did that to you. Uh, so I was like, man, you know, but, but going back to the hearing when she was sentenced. What uh, was it like seeing her in court, man? Do you mind you guys man, made that contact? Man, it was, it was crazy because the first day I, the first time I went when she was sentenced, I was actually, you know, I saw her come out, you know, this is a lady that loved to dress well, you know, loved, you know, from shoes and, and you know, clothes and jewelry and hair, everything was always intact with her. And when I saw, when they brought her in, in those $2 state shoes and in the jumpsuit with the stripes and chains on her hands and her ankles, I man, I still remember that sound that came, that, and she never looked at me once. She just walked in the, between uh, the seats, and I was like, wow, man. But she ended up, how this lady has ended up, you know, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this, this is crazy how, how life, you know, is she went you know, she went from wearing $400 shoes to two dollar shoes you know and that's what that's what you that's, that's what you get you know but when she got sentenced uh man I, would, I was there was so much anger inside of me I mean I would sleep in my house and, and literally i had I, I slept with the loaded shotgun next to my bed I had a loaded 40 millimeter
1: I imagine even after that, you were still worried that anything could happen. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I, I mean, I was ready for retaliation at any time. Do you yeah, still ever mean, think, do you still
1: ever think about it? Or you feel like at this point, it's your safe? You know,
0: I was, you know, what I did, what I did was at the sentencing, I, I forgave her. Wow. It's hard for me to believe, right? You said and that verbally, I, you got up yeah, and you spoke. Yeah, I said, I stood up there, you know, the, 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 the DA said that I could speak. And they gave you this parameters where you can and cannot say whatever, and there was a packed, you know, the, the courthouse was packed. And I imagine. Media, yeah, it I was imagine. packed with media and all that stuff. You know, that 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 my my story had been carried, you know, over. And when I stood up there and I, and I forgave her, it was because in my heart I had to release that anger, bro. So it was like a, I was like a bubble ready to burst at any time, and I could I would hate, you know, when they talk about uh, road rage when they talk about Just anything that was like a ticking bomb walking around. You know, I hated her, her mother, her kids. And I was just like, man, I can't even, if I find one of these kids in the streets, I mean, I did that, you know, all the crazy things came through my mind. Because I was so upset. And once I told her that I will forgive her because of what she did, I will never forget. And, you know, we're not perfect. And I just, it was like all that anger was just released. And my heart was just like, oh, now it's just, I can calm down and, and, you know, I forgave her, but we'll never forget what she did. You know, and I can move on with my life. You know, I get I live it in God's hands. Uh, retaliation, still still stays in the back of my mind. Uh, the DA tells me that that she don't think he doesn't think that she would do any kind of crazy thing. You know, like that again because she'd really be going back to prison forever. You know, I don't think she would want to do that. If uh, she pays somebody else, I mean, it was, it is what it is, how it could happen. But I still, I, I still protect myself and I have a lot of people that look after me and also the police department, I, you know, they, they I can call them and they, they tell me the same thing, any, anything funny you feel, anything suspicious, just give us a call, we'll, we'll, we'll investigate, whatever. And now all of a sudden, like, it's like everybody else, she's turned into religion, and, you know, in, in lockdown. She's all she does is read about the Bible and read, you know, biblical stuff. And all of a sudden she's very religious. That's what the DA tells me. So you
1: know, I wouldn't buy any of that nonsense.
0: Yeah. Now. Oh no, I, I, no. I don't buy it either. was just Especially trying to probably. get
1: out in good behavior, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly what it is, you know? Yeah. But she's been up for, for parole a couple of years or three years now. And I have been having to write a letter and then talk to the warden and all that stuff. And, but, uh, Nah, man, it's it's. I have to move on, you know. Life, life has, you know, I have my three kids, my mother, father. I've started dating and met this wonderful person. That uh,
1: so, I was about to ask that. I can't help but ask because you let it go, because you mentally forgave her and you allowed that burden to be released from you. How is it to now date other women? Do you? How do you go on with trusting so much and being, you know, taken advantage of to the point where someone tried to kill you? How do you feel now? Like how do you? Go into new relationships now.
0: It was weird, man. You know, at the beginning, I couldn't. I couldn't. I would talk to ladies and stuff like that, and, you know. And, if, and I don't know how the heck, you know, people, uh, ladies on, on on social media would hit me up, and because they would see me on, on the shows and whatever, and they would just, man. I mean, to the point where they would see me in the street, or you know, at, 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 like I, see, you know, I remember <laughs> in a particular restaurant in Houston. And they recognized me. And these ladies, like a little group of ladies, they went over, over to me and started hugging me. And they said, man, I'm so sorry for what happened to you. And, you know, if you if you want to hang out with some, some people, just hang out with us. And they bought me drinks and stuff. And they were like super. And everywhere, like all these ladies just started gravitating toward me because of what happened to me. You yeah, know, they feel people.
1: like they want to prove they want. I think maybe they, they just want to show that they're. There's a lot of good ones, you know. Like exactly they, what saying, they say. They want to show you, always... like don't give, don't give up on, don't give up on exactly, on, get, on yeah. dating on love again. Like there, exactly. there's a good, you know.
0: Yeah, but I, you know, I, I dated, and hang out with them and stuff like that. And uh, but there's, I, I finally, I, I, I settled down with with somebody. Uh, uh, she knew my story, and it's great, she man. She my and, and we, we, we do very well, man. And she's. She's a wonderful person, you know, and she knows everything that happened and and man, she's just like uh wow, I just can't believe somebody would be that hateful to somebody, you know. But uh but yeah, trust was was very difficult. Very, very difficult, you know. Uh even trusting people, you know, people around me and, and you know, I would you know you have to walk all the time with looking behind your back and it was, you know, it's it's difficult. You know, it was difficult, but I've learned that I leave, I leave it in God's hands. And I'm not going to be here forever. No of us going to be here forever. But right. um, to be taken out for what I was going to be uh, a terrific, you know, thing, it was not. Nah. Uh, but what I have done now is change my life around, where I can talk about it. And I was able to publish two books, you know, one in Spanish, one in English, about what happened to me. I walked in my own grave. They're doing very well. Uh, Doing my interviews all over the world, and 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 I also do public speaking about this situation. Uh, Think they'll make a movie out of it? I've been approached. Yeah, I've been approached. I'm not gonna lie. Man, I've been uh, uh, approached. We're kind of working on some stuff right now. Uh, And if that would be a movie, that would be a movie people would watch. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's. it's, uh, I think it's gonna happen in the future. It's just that uh, right now, when the preliminary. Uh, you know, of all that stuff, you know. So we see what happens. You know, we'll see. It. And you, when you see it, man, you gonna be like, "Wow, I remember talking to this guy." But uh, but I mean, I mean, if you want, if you need any extras, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh, it's, it's a crazy thing, man. But like I said, what I'm doing now is is when I do my speeches, is talk about domestic abuse against men. You know, uh, because this thing turn things around on me saying that I was the one that was abusive to her, that I was abusive to her kids, that I was just a horrific person. When in reality, it was the other way around. She was the one that was physically, mentally, and even financially abusive to me, you know? And when I tell you physically, it wasn't like she was, it would happen one time, but one time is too many. I And And she caught me by surprise. And what she was looking for was for me to retaliate.
1: A reaction, so she can claim that you did it. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's what she was looking for. And let me tell you, it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of a man not to retaliate after she caught me by surprise, and then how she reacted and all this stuff. And, and she was good. She was good. And I mean, and here I am. I mean, next professional boxer. Next, you know, I teach people how to fight for a living.
1: That's also, I think, why she also had that leverage because. As a boxer, right? You're you're in a violent sport. It's it's more believable for someone to be, to take her side because oh, he's a boxer. So maybe because oh, he's a yeah. Boxer.
0: And, and don't you know? Don't and look when I tell you that they, she called the police and her son's going to call the police and tell them that that i that's the first thing we mentioned to them. Oh, he's a, he's a professional boxer. He's you know he's right here. He's having he's in rage right now. And I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Just to get the police to to the house. You know, that's the kind of things that they would do. That's the kind of false police reports that they would do. Mm-hmm. So you know, but going back to the the, the uh, domestic abuse against men, uh, you know, it happens a lot more than than what most people think. You know, it happens a lot more. Uh, like when I do the speeches, and their man, there they they have. You know, I did a speech in London, and man, when I tell you the guys over there, they one they came up to me after the speech, and they were like in tears. It was one that was in tears because he said, "Man, it happens to me." And, and, you know, men, a lot of men stay in this type of relationship for the same reason that women do. They still either love, they have kids together, financially, but be beneficial for all the same reasons. You know, a lot of men stay in this type of relationships. But when a man comes out and talks about it, he's seen, you know, this stigma about, you know, you're, you're punk. You know, you, why you let a lady treat you like this? You know, a lot of the, they don't believe in you, you know, a like lot the, you know, I've heard from men man that told me, man, they call, they call for actually 911 and they laughed in their face. Like, what? You need? You? Yeah. And oh, wow. it happens. It doesn't happen probably as much as it happens to women, but this should not be a monopoly. It should be treated the same way. Mm-hmm. The same way. You know, if a man's looking for a shelter, like there's shelters for women, a man can't kind of just call and get it, get find a shelter. For you know, for that type of thing, for domestic abuse, maybe. they don't have them. I think there's two in the whole nation. Wow, you know what I mean? So uh, that's what I talk about now. You know, and it's not against nothing against the, the women. You know, I had like I tell people, I have, I have a mother, I have sisters, I have daughter, and you know, it's nothing against the women, but when it happens to a man, he should be it should be treated the same way he's treated with women, and believed the same way women are believed. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's the thing. Like you said earlier, if she would have, you know, punched me and I would have punched her back and we both were bruised. Who do you think they would have believed? Or is, it, I mean, there's no there's no question. It's like, what is a second, like, you're both bruised and she's saying you she hit you or you hit her, whatever, oh no, it's always, you know, that's the way it goes. Yeah. yeah. Not, that's, not, that's not cool. That's not right. you know, we have to. And that's what I want men to learn from my story, too, that I talk about, that uh, it's not just, you need, it doesn't make you a punk, it doesn't make you less of a man. It doesn't, you know, you have to be aware that you have the same rights. And, and when you go to the police or whoever you go to, they need to believe you and, and say, look, man, this is, this is really happening. And if you love this woman, you're okay, you go to counseling and you want to go through things, but if you don't, just, hey, man, go your ways. Part your ways and you know, if you have kids together, it's better for the kids to, to get separated. But to be in that situation where you, you know, getting abuse mentally, physically, and, and financially it's another one too that people don't talk about. But what she was doing, that's exactly what she was doing. You know, she was taking me, you know, basically that's 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 in a form of abuse. Like how are you gonna take all this money and not even and not and they lied to my face, basically. You know, mm-hmm. manipulate me, tell me all these things that You
1: know that you're doing wrong, but it's
0: so
1: crazy, dude. So unbelievably crazy. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Well, Ramon, this has been a it's an eye opening episode. I've been, by the way, I've been waiting to to record this with you for weeks. So (laughs) as soon as (laughs) I yeah, and I'm so so thankful that you that you responded and agreed to come on and take the time. You know, I know you've gotten. Thousands you you said you gotten, you know, yeah. A few, you said you had like <laughs> 54,000 and then you said 70, and now I'm sure it's a yeah. hundred thousand. Oh, Those
0: yeah, it's, nice. yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. gone, it has gone crazy. Uh, uh, we're we're we just it's, it's 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 interesting that that how my story, like I said, to this day is still relevant. And and but every time I uh I, I do an interview or talk to anybody, I always talk about the same thing. But yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's what happened to me was bad, but there's something good that came out of it. I mean, you get, I she, to learn.
1: she yeah. tried to sabotage you. She tried to get rid of you. And in return, God gave you all of this. And now you, and you deserve it. You deserve every minute of it. I hope, I hope this brings you lots of success. I hope you have a long and, and lasting you know, permanent relationship with the woman you're with. I hope both of you treat each other beautifully and, you know, wish you the best man. You deserve that. So um, again, thanks it. for coming on. It, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm sure, you know, this, uh, I, I've been looking to see if there were other pod, have
0: you done any other podcasts
1: yet? Oh yeah. I've done a few.
0: I've done a I've few, a few. Uh, yeah. I've done a few. Uh,
1: I haven't really seen any on YouTube. I don't know if they're on there, but yeah,
0: I think he, he's. I don't know. What what I think, you okay but there you go. I think if you go to podcasts and you put my name, there's a few that I've done. Okay.
1: Awesome. Okay, so but, uh,
0: but this is, this is great, man. I, I appreciate you having me on and I hope uh, you get a good, uh, uh, viewership or listening. To I, the,
1: I hope know. so. Yeah. If you don't mind sharing it around, that would be, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, the vice gave a very brief overview, you know, it was only eight minutes. So this kind of allowed you to really elaborate on everything and give the, the really deep part of the story. So, so thanks again. And, um, hopefully if you don't mind, if you can, if you can send me a bunch of that footage that like vice used i can't take it from vice cuz they have you know their their logos on everything but just to to really give people you know when you have a story cuz you've been telling your story if people can actually have those videos to reference if do you have any court videos do you have any videos from the hearing
0: uh i can get i can send you some stuff you know to yeah to like the
1: go. more the merrier so i can put them in and really give people a visual about what happened um yeah i mean this is one of the wildest stories I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. I mean, people who've been seeing me posted on my stories, you know, stay tuned, stay tuned, because I've been taking screenshots and posting like nine and a half million yeah. views in two weeks, and people are like, "What is this?" And people are, are are asking me how I even got in contact with you, and I said, "Listen, <laughs> I just reached out, you know." Yeah,
0: and and you, you like, know, you know so, what I'm gonna tell you straight up, Rafi. Uh, I don't, I don't really don't answer a lot. You know, I don't this, I don't answer a lot because it gets so many, but. I read up a little bit about you, and I was like, man, this is a cool guy. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't mind doing your podcast. I get I, I get asked a lot for podcasts and uh, other stuff. Um, I don't have an agent or anything like that. So, you know, I did at one time have somebody that tell me, uh, uh, get all this stuff in line, you know, line up all the interviews and all that stuff. But uh, we don't have that relationship anymore. So I just do everything on my own. And I tell people, look, if you want to contact me. You know, you do it through social media or, or you know, email and stuff like that. I tell them. Uh but yeah, we we we're working on some another couple, a couple. of, I think a documentary. It's another documentary that I, that I'm working on right now that is coming out. So uh, it's, we'll definitely it's, check uh, it out. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be some it's gonna be some good stuff coming out. And of course, I'm always pushing my books. You know, I walked them all great, and in Spanish too. It came out, so it's it's, it's doing well and. And this message, you know, people that read my book, they say the same thing all the time. It's like, wow, man, this is jaw dropping. This is, this one lady told me, look, I didn't know you had to read, that I had to read your book with a box of Kleenex next to me. So, so you brought me down to tears.
1: Yeah, man. It's in a very emotional, it's a very emotional edge of your seat kind of story. It's just, yeah. uh, you should, you know, man, you can sell this book in every language in the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. this is, this, I, I would be shocked if this wasn't an international bestseller. You yeah. put out enough, enough languages, there's no question people will read this book.
0: Yeah, I get a lot of people from uh, Philippines, Kenya, uh, you know, from Europe. Uh, they've hit me up, you know, I did a, a Japan, you know, I did a little thing in Japan and they were like, wow, you know, I didn't know. Was going I mean, you
1: have, you have millions and millions yeah. and millions of people who've watched and know about you. I mean, mm-hmm. It's, it's an amazing story. So yeah, Ramon, thanks again. Thanks so much. Um, I look forward to having this out. This episode will be out next week, Sunday. Okay. So at, at 9 a.m. Eastern. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope all of you enjoyed this episode immensely and I hope you learned from it. I hope it uh, helps to, to make you a better person and uh yeah hopefully everyone i look forward to hopefully meeting you in person someday i'm i'm in my i'm based in miami i grew up in brooklyn uh,
0: oh i still live in brooklyn
1: oh really yeah you, you ahead, yeah. so yeah you, <laughs> you mentioned cool. that so if you're i mean we'll you know we, we have each other's contact I, I definitely i really look forward to to sometime being able to like actually connect and you know either grab a drink grab something to eat and just really oh definitely you know,
0: definitely man cool yeah well, for sure
1: okay so everybody make sure to stay tuned Again, like, subscribe and share, leave a comment, leave a bunch of comments. Feel free to ask any questions and, and hopefully Ramona and I will get back to you um, until next time. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I'll talk to you. Later. Bye. All right.